Hey guys, Sam here. Just very quickly before we start, Guillaume and I have partnered up with Automation Boutique to write a brand new ebook for you guys called Going Beyond the Buzzwords. It's an amazing ebook that goes through all the things about automation, data, and processing that just simplifies the topics just in the way that we do all the time in Corporate Treasury 101. To pick up your copy, just go into the show notes and click on the link or go to the website and find the partners page where we have a link to the ebook there as well with Automation Boutique. And then here's the episode. Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. In this first part of our full interview with Alex Aksentiev, we discuss treasury software solutions for small companies. In this episode, expect to learn what types of treasury software solutions are available for small companies, how do these solutions cater to the unique needs and constraints of SMEs, who is in charge of managing treasury in companies that do not have a critical size justifying a treasury department, do companies have specific treasury issues that necessitate specialized software solutions, and of course, much more. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if that's the case, when you're thinking about how you found our podcast, chances are it was through word of mouth, social media, or recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And our request to you remains only one. Please do help the show and go subscribe to our YouTube channel at Corporate Treasury 101, and it would mean the world to us and help other people learn about Treasury. One more note, we listen to you. We'd put up a poll on our LinkedIn and we asked people, what do you guys like about Corporate Treasury 101? Do you like our long episodes or the shorter ones where we break down an episode into three smaller segments? That's how we get four episodes out a week. And you guys say you guys really listen to the long one and our download stats kind of show that too. So as of the week of February 12th, we will be only publishing one long episode we won't be doing the shorter ones anymore and you guys can enjoy that and feel free to cut it up. And if you hate that decision, just let us know on LinkedIn. And with that, here's Alex. Alex, thank you so much for coming on Corporate Treasury 101. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Super excited about the conversation today. Most, we've always said that treasury is a topic for big companies. Elijah, you're really typically talking about your uh, billion dollar plus in revenue. That's typically always the benchmark that we always talk about treasury. Now, in very fact, in our very first episode, we did talk about um, trying to translate treasury in the context of a small company, like a, like a cafe, for example, uh, and what that means in terms of managing your treasury payroll, cash, if you have multiple branches, how would you do that? If you're an international cafe, how do you manage that? So we've always used that example of small scale, but I think most of the treasurers listening today are, you know, you don't get a group treasurer for a two shop cafe. Um, so I'm really interested, what type of treasury softwares are typically available and used by smaller companies? So it's a great question. And in a way, uh, that's pretty much like where we started, like our hedge flows. I think most businesses can't really afford what we probably call in corporate world the treasury management system because they kind of originally have been built for enterprise type of companies right like you say like a uh, companies which make like a billion plus type of uh, like numbers and revenues uh those tmss are typically too expensive and require implementation projects which will take months and can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars or euros or whatever currency you're paying for for consultants and uh, if your company not making those like billions of dollars, you can't afford expensive TMS system. 
And historically, small companies did not have much in terms of alternative solutions available to them. So even though they had similar problems, they were stuck with like traditional accounting systems and ERPs, which would have some sort of features which resemble what like a TMS would have, but at a very, very kind of basic level, especially if you start talking about managing international finances. And then probably over the last decade, we started to see emergence of what some people call like office of CFO. So like different tools which are being built for smaller smaller businesses, uh, you know, not, not the big multinational corporates, but address specific pain points in a kind of very pointed way, right? So like a, they would go after payables automation, for example, like, you know, like a, which is frankly very similar to payments factor in the traditional TMS module or cash flow planning solutions, or also solutions obviously for, to access like working capital. So what we have seen probably until fairly recently when it came to SMEs or even mid-sized corporates, like typically the approach was like a go and solve a specific pain point and then expand, land and expand into something else. So essentially what we currently have is like a, as a set of players who actually addressed one specific point and then trying to grow from cash flow planning into more payables, receivables, automation, and so on and so forth. But I think in a way it's interesting once you actually know the end point uh, that like big companies use, it kind of like leads to the conclusion. It's essentially kind of like we, we're kind of just trying to use the new technology, which makes the solutions more affordable, but very often majority of issues are pretty much the same. From our perspective in Hedgefalls, we started originally with risk management. It's in the name like, and, and, and what we've seen when we started actually from the day one, it became very clear, like in our case, like actually it wasn't just about risk management, which was our original purpose. Everything when it came down to international finances, like you know, dealing dealing in multiple currencies, is painful. So, like our journey for the last three and a bit years actually has been similar. Like we started with one pain point, we we did it fairly well, and we having like having our clients coming to us. What about this? What about what about managing my deposits now? Like obviously, they're not rates, they're no longer at zero. Like what can I do to manage my free cash better? Or what can I do to plan my kind of uh, liquidity in multiple currencies without making it too complicated? So I think we kind of, as I said, we're evolving towards kind of a similar solution. It's not going to be possibly called treasury management because very often when we speak to smaller businesses, the reaction is like, well, I don't have a treasure. Why don't you do a system? Reality is, I'm sure we'll talk about it. It's like, well, actually you have still the same needs. It may be not be called the same way, but ultimately you're solving the same pain point. So how do you define an SME in this case? If we just go back to like, if what, as of when does this kind of thing become interesting? Yeah. So what we found is that we, when we originally, so our, we actually started hedge flows because we saw how difficult it is to sell risk management to SMEs. And by SMEs, I mean, kind of like originally we, we thought it would be like probably relevant to businesses from 1 million in turnover and more. And what we have learned actually, when a business is probably below 10 million, they have a lot of other problems they need to sort out first, right? So when it comes to hedging, it was probably not the, like a top of the list. They possibly could save money on international transfers. So they may benefit still from payments automation, et cetera, but like hedging is like typically not the top of the list, unless obviously we just had a big currency crisis or, or something like that. So. 
what we find is like essentially the sweet spot for for what we consider kind of alternative to, to TMS starts around 10 million and we see clients coming looking for at our solution like a, to the tune of 250 billion so way past what the traditional SME is so what, like I was essentially kind of saying it's really kind of for larger SMEs and mid-market corporates which are being underserved by a combination of banks and traditional TMS providers. And do these guys have like unique needs? There is a bit of a backward question. Typically, I can understand, and most people can understand that as you become a bigger company, you have more needs and you have new unique needs from there. Are there any problems that smaller corporates have that the larger ones don't in terms of their treasury? Would you say that? Well, I think they have all the same problems, but like depending on the industry and size, they may be kind of showing up in a different way, but like, you know, start with payments, right? So like if you're doing, if you're in business and you're doing payments, you're doing hundreds of payments, right? And uh, and if it's domestic payments, you probably can easily connect to your bank's portal, be it iPortal, bank line uploads, your flat files in there. Not that it's probably the most modern way to process the payments these days, but it kind of works. But when it, when you start doing international payments, what happens, all of this business is still kind of having to key in individual payments one by one and use the templates in, 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 in kind of these portals, which probably is similar to how kind of larger kind of corporations were doing it in the past, but until the kind of emergence of uh, payments factories, right? So in this day and age, and that was probably one of the biggest surprises when we started is like, you know, uh, we, we didn't expect this still to be happening. But, you know, it's true that actually even the businesses of 100 million turnover don't really have easy ways to process international payments. To me, it was a very, very shocking situa situation to be in, but it was a fairly easy kind of magnet for us to build to to start getting clients where they can just easily connect, integrate the ERP, like select invoices they need to pay, process them in multiple bank functionalities across different currencies. Risk management even worse, right? So, uh, you know, if you are in an industry which is exposed to currency fluctuations, you would actually argue that smaller businesses are more exposed. They are more fragile. They kind of don't have access to capital or, or lending. If, for example, their cash flow has been affected by a sudden currency move. So they have the same problem, but an interesting fact is like, and this is British business bank survey from a couple of years ago. Only 4% of UK SME exporters, so by, by construct, they typically have a, a currency risk, actually manage currency exposures, right? And when we started looking at, when we started hedge flows, actually, like we found that the reason really wasn't that they were getting bad prices or lack of transparency, even because they kind of have a mechanism of shopping around and getting the transparency they need. It's really the biggest problem was you know, they don't really have to do, know how to do it. And that's possibly one biggest difference between larger corporations, which can afford to buy a TMS, that's already helps, but more importantly, hire a team of trained treasury specialists. The starting point for most small businesses is like, yeah, hypothetically, I understand that can help. I've been sold this by banks, by FX brokers, many other providers. Who can I trust how to do it properly? And they have, many of them have been burned by trying and failing and kind of have a very high degree of skepticism to actually doing it going forward. So when we started 
hedge loss, our view was, and because actually we saw the same when I was like, you know, again, in my role, I was running FX derivatives business for a large bank, selling everywhere in, in different international markets. We sold to large corporates and had fantastic relationships and feedback from them. But when it came to trying to do the same in terms of risk management to smaller businesses, clearly there was some sort of information gap between, like we never knew kind of when to approach the clients when they had and they had the need and they kind of didn't know what good looks like. So our approach is actually technology should empower these smaller businesses to learn and start being able to decide what's right for them rather than being sold to. I really like that. It's an interesting perspective. So the smaller companies typically don't have access to this. I mean, obviously the same working mind capital that a larger company would in most cases. And a lot of products perhaps are also just off limits to them inside the banks because they're not, banks aren't interested. They're, they're too small to be profitable for them. So they perhaps don't even have access into those into those rooms, into those calls, into those products that they perhaps need to be able to manage the thing. And then I like what you said there, like every cent counts more in a smaller company. So it also gives a bit of unique criticality, right? Yeah. And then it's interesting what you said in terms of like banks perceiving it as not, not worthwhile exercise. And I think, again, from my own experience, banks have been trying to do it, uh, but it's essentially kind of in a way as long as you're trying to do it through the traditional relationship, sales relationship model, it's a lot harder to reach so many smaller businesses, right? So, it's like, and again, like you sort of, like essentially the challenge is banks don't know enough about their SME clients. So like my example, I use, use kind of like use very often, like when we were dealing with large multinational corporations and the, like, you know, for example, at some point there were concerns about, you know, Chinese remaining revaluation the bank would afford to fly me over to the West Coast to see a large corporate to talk about what they could do about it because obviously the bouncy was worthwhile to kind of send some senior trader to to speak about what can be done about it. And it actually, obviously, a client on the other hand was like willing to kind of like openly discuss because there was a strong relationship and like we're essentially coming to the right solution for the right client and client trusting in like a, you know, like an implementing it like a, in a, in a way that's kind of, they felt was right. When you actually talk about small businesses, you don't have that type of relationship. You don't have kind of almost the opportunity to make enough money to spend time as, as a coverage to ask all those right questions. Right. So like what, what typically banks or kind of like other providers would do is like, they will try to periodically call and see like, can we do something for you? And that is a sales call. That's just trying to get the business, right? While actually it was all, all kind of, everyone knows that it's a lot easier to sort of, to sell your product when you actually have it at the moment of kind of whether it's pain or kind of like a need or however you call it. But ultimately most adults are able to decide themselves when they need something, right? So as long as actually you give them the tools to be able to do it and learn how to do it right. That's what ultimately the works. I, again, sort of another example I use is like, this is what Xero did with accounting software, where effectively previously kind of small businesses had to pay for accounting services, which were kind of very mundane and routine tasks, but you know, like used to cost a lot of money to accounting firms, you know, solutions like Xero actually, you know, by offering the tools, which pretty much anyone can use, move that service to businesses themselves while actually accountants 
are able to refocus on more value add services instead. And I think we're kind of trying to do the same with our technology when it comes to bridging the gap between the banks and kind of smaller businesses. Mm. No, it makes a lot of sense. And so these departments, these companies, sorry, don't really have treasury departments, right? They have, I guess, the CFO, that's the one that manages the treasury? Could, could, yeah, or... could be called CFO, could be called a finance director, right? Um, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. not even like those, like, uh, like some companies will just have a finance manager. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, like uh, you're right. It's often, it's often like a like a, you know at the stage when they hired someone with a kind of a degree of seniority in terms of essentially like you know a job of like sorting out financial planning, as I like to call it. It's like you know not just looking backwards, right? Like where you actually just like account for things, but actually starting to plan your finances, managing kind of like your future financial needs. Like I usually call the job of a treasurer is like they, the job is to make sure the company can meet the financial commitments to suppliers, creditors, and employees at all times, right? So if you think about it, like, you know, when you see for in a small, smaller company, that's pretty much your job description as well. Plus possibly raising investment and other things. But, uh, you know, the, the, probably the biggest burden falls on the shoulders of like 